You're listening to Broadview Church Sermon Audio. For more information or to donate to this ministry, go to broadviewchurch.ca. Thank you, worship team. Good morning. Man, it's such a, a small crowd here today, but I can feel the presence of the Lord. Um, and it's so funny, like, to be in such a large room with such a small group of people and to just still feel like, oh, like God's here right now. Um, the Holy Spirit is moving, and, and my heart is just so full of, of joy. And uh, so I just want to say, if you're here today, congratulations. You, you got up. Uh, you shook off your your uh, Christmas coma, you uh, shoveled your driveway and you put your car into four-wheel drive and you bundled up and you got yourself out here. And so, so glad to be here with you today. Uh, If you're here watching online, good job. You still shook off the Christmas coma and you shoveled your blankets off and you got up and you brewed a cup of coffee and you're here too. So I'm so thankful to be here. Uh, Welcome. My name is Mark Parmenter. I am... um, a ministry apprentice here at Broadview Church. And um, that's just a fancy way of saying um, that I am here to learn uh, and to grow uh, in, in any way I can in just how can I serve um, the body of Christ and how can I serve God and, and his mission. And so um, about a year ago um, was when I really felt a call from God that, that I needed to, to make a move into a different, a transition into a different um, stage of my life. And we really felt, uh, my wife and I both, that um, I needed to make a, a move towards uh, stepping out of my comfort zone uh, and into whatever new God has for me. And specifically, I wanted to serve and do ministry and learn how to do ministry. And now when I say ministry, I've heard people say um, that, uh, you know, maybe they think that I want to be a pastor. And I don't actually know about that. Um, but I do know that God's called me to be here to serve. Um, and so it's been about a year now. Um, this time last year, I got to serve uh, and, and preach the, the last sermon of the year for 2020. And uh, again, here I am uh, uh, preaching the last sermon for the year 2021, and um, that was my first time. John kind of just, um, I told uh, Pastor John about my uh, desire to kind of move into ministry, and he just kind of threw me in and said, okay, well, here, take this sermon. And it, it was terrifying, and um, you know, I'm here a year later, and it's still terrifying. Um, but God has been good uh, this year. And so thank you, church family, for just being with, uh, with us uh, along this ride um, and, and praying for us. So it is the, the final Sunday for uh, 2021. And, um, and so I'm tasked with sort of, uh, you know, it's after Christmas, all the buzz is kind of over and it's a little bit like quieter. And now we're starting to really get contemplative and to look at uh, what was this year like? Um, you know, we, we can see when we look at 2021, it, there's a lot that went on. Um, not an uneventful year. When we look back at this, uh, you know, if we talk to our kids about this later on, um, I know my children are very young. Um, it, it's not going to be a year that I'll have forgotten. <laughs> um, but then when I look ahead, I look at the year 2022 and, and, and I, I start to think about what comes next. And um, I've titled my, my sermon today, uh, New Year, New You. And the reason I've done that is because um, it's a pretty common trend in society um, for us to sort of, as we move into new year, we start to look at ourselves and say, hey, how can I 
what's this? I want to be better next year. Like, um, and, and oftentimes I think we see commercials and, and things and, and um, people want to kind of uh, push that kind of narrative for um, fitness, right? Like, I want, to, I want to see a new me next year. I'm going to get ripped and I'm going to look like Thor. And, um, and, and oftentimes I think for me, I will look at myself and I'll say, okay, what are the areas in my life where I could um, see myself actually move into uh, a, a richer, deeper spiritual walk? With God, and so oftentimes as I kind of move into a new year, I start to think about Bible reading plans. Um, I start to make uh, plans for um, how am I going to uh, draw closer to Jesus in the new year. And so my sermon today is a little bit about that. Um, and, and we want I want to look at the scriptures and just say what does it say about how you and I, as we kind of move into the year 2022, how can we embrace a, a better newer version of ourselves from the year past like what does the bible say about that is there actually uh, a call for us as we kind of contemplate and look forward uh, to say hey there's actually a newer you there's a better you there's something more in this next year regardless of pandemics regardless of whatever else and so as we kind of look at our goals and look at our what is happening what are, what are we going to do next year let's let's just let's just dive into scripture and just see what it says uh, and and so today we're going to be in the book of ephesians and paul wrote uh the the letter to the ephesian church and and when he wrote it to them uh a couple things to to keep in mind is that the ephesians were not jews okay so they didn't have um the old testament uh, you know, read to them as, as, as children growing up. These, were, these people lived in a, in a city that was um, Gentile, and it was pagan, and there were uh, all kinds of temples all over the place, and it was hostile to the message uh, of the gospel. And uh, Paul's writing this letter to the Ephesian church saying, I want to encourage you, and I want to remind you Okay, and so he, um, a lot of Paul's letters, sometimes we look at them and he's, he's often rebuking. In this one, it's like he's giving them a survival guide, like saying, here is what the gospel says, don't forget, right? Don't forget. And so as we kind of step into this, let's look at, at what it has to say. So Ephesians 4, 17 to 24. So I tell you this, and I insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking. They're darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality uh, so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life that you learned when you heard about Christ. You were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So a couple of things that I, I want to point out as we look at this passage. First, Paul says... You, you should no longer live as the Gentiles do. And here, when, when Paul's talking, he's, 
I know it's, it, it, when I read this the first time, I thought he's writing to Gentiles and he's telling them not to live as the Gentiles do. But I think what Paul's saying here when he says Gentiles, he means people who don't know Jesus. You're no longer a Gentile now if you know Jesus. And he's saying, okay, you're no longer going to live like this. And then he says, later on, he says, when you heard about Christ, you were taught in accordance with the truth of Christ to live this way. And, and what I think the drive of this passage is, what it's saying to us is that Jesus calls us to live a life of regeneration through the Spirit in a degenerating world. I'm just going to say that again because I, I want it to sink in. I want us to think about this and really, uh, what is the drive of this passage? Jesus calls us to live a life of regeneration through the Spirit in a degenerating world. Now, I think there's three things um, that we can really draw out of this passage for how we can live a regenerated life. First, uh, we need to reject, we need to renew, and repeat. Reject, renew, repeat. Maybe you can actually say it with me. Can we say it all together? Reject, renew, repeat. Reject, renew, repeat. Now, um, what I mean by reject, renew, repeat is that we need to reject our old and broken selves, we need to actually put on a new identity in Christ Jesus to become something entirely new, something that is renewed. And then we need to continue to repeat this process as we walk our journey of life. Now, I think we can just dive right into the first point. Let's talk about this. So reject. In order for us to live a transformed or regenerated life in Jesus— um, we first need to actually admit that there's something wrong with us. And, and, and when I say that, I, like, I mean, I really mean that. Like, we are broken. We actually need to admit that we are broken and sinful, and we need to actually reject that and push it away from ourselves and actually get rid of it. And, and we, we, we need to die. We must cast off our old self. Our world doesn't like this message. And I'll just say that. Jesus' call from the beginning, and I think it's been twisted many times um, to, to try to, people have said, okay, it means this. This is what Jesus called us to do. Jesus called us to live a better life, right? Jesus called us to be happy. Jesus called us, and, and part of the, the, the truth of the gospel is that Jesus' call is to come and die. And that's really scary. Now, there's life on the other side of that that we talk about, but if we don't, if we don't actually hear the message of come and die, we might actually miss some of the point. And so uh, what, what Paul is telling us is, is that we're not inherently good. Um, it, the Bible tells us this, that, that humanity is not, we don't have good in ourselves. Uh, humanity actually has a sin problem, and then it comes to actually from within, from our hearts. In Jeremiah 17, 9, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? And, and not only does Paul say that the Bible says this, like not only does the Bible lay claim to this, but when Paul's kind of running through his, his, his thoughts here in Ephesians, he says, this isn't the way that you learned in Christ. And so what he's saying is, is the example in Jesus, the thing that Jesus taught us is that we actually have no good in us. Let's look at Mark uh, 7, 20 to 23. And I just want you to hear this from Jesus' lips. This is a red letter passage. It says, Jesus went on. What comes out of a person is what defiles them. It is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, 
adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. I want you to just like, let that sink in. And, and I think we need to really actually recognize this and understand this. I, I've seen this kind of sneak in uh, to the church, the idea that um, I'm pretty good uh, and I just need Jesus to kind of recorrect me and set me on my path. But Paul says that, that our desires, the things that, that drive us, right? He says, he says in the passage there, he says that we need to cast off our old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. See, Paul's saying that our desires are deceitful, that, that actually our hearts are lying to us on a daily basis. And, and if we take a minute just to think about this, it rings true, right? I mean, this is why advertising exists, right? This is why when I see the golden arches of McDonald's, suddenly my desires for, um, you know, living a healthy lifestyle and eating well just kind of go, I throw them out the window because now I have new desires, right? Now I want, uh, I want chicken McNuggets and, and I want a Happy Meal. And I find that my my heart, my desires, they, they lie to me all the time. They give me new things that they say, you want this, you want this. This is new, this is gonna fulfill you. This is gonna give you what you want. But, but the Bible says, you know, your, your desires lie to you, that there's actually evil in your heart that is constantly leading you astray and leading you away from a life of regeneration. And if we don't recognize this, we may actually begin to listen to the lie and think that it's coming from a place of goodness or a place of, of righteousness or it's coming out of the Bible. <laughs> I, um, somebody who re- who's really close to me uh, grew up in a, in a Catholic uh, home and, and her dad was, um, was talking with her one day and, and uh, they were talking about the Bible and she said, well, what does Jesus want for us? And, and he said, well, I think that God wants me to be happy. So if I can just get all the things I need in life, and I, if I can become happy, then I can serve God. And, and I think about that, and I shake my head because I realize that, that if I follow my own desires and, and use those as the metric for how I serve God, it will actually lead us astray. James 1, uh, 14 to 15 says this, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. You know, when Jesus is listing off these things, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, all these things, they they don't start off, like I don't think anybody wakes up in the morning one day and says, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna do murder, right? Uh, like, like they do, it doesn't just come out of nowhere. I think it usually, or, or if I wanted to steal something, I, I think it often starts off with, uh, I like that. That's kind of nice, right? And and then our desires begin to lead us in a direction that if we begin to believe them and accept them, that's actually when they start to drag us away and, and move us towards sin. Now, the, the evil that's inside us, the desires that are inside us, those aren't necessarily sin in themselves to actually recognize that they're there, but they lead us to a place of sin, and that sin leads us to a place of death. 
Paul reiterates this in a, in a bit of a different way in Colossians as well, where he says, he says a lot of the same things. He says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life that you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices." Now, I, I just want to say before we move kind of to the next point that th- this is really important. And, and for us to be able to actually like move into goodness and, and, and truth with Christ, we need to first just be able to just say, hey, look, I'm, I'm broken. So first we need to reject so let's move on to the next part. So, so we need to renew. So this is, the, this is the, the, the fun part. This is the part that's really exciting. Uh, Paul says that after we cast off our old self and our old desires, we now actually get to, we, we actually now need to renew ourselves and, and apply a new personhood. And in my life, uh, this has often been one of the hardest parts for me to accept and to, to actually move into for myself. Um, if I... I, I've had um, many things that I can recognize straight up that I'm sinful and that there's actually brokenness in me. And as I've sort of recognized those things, my initial reaction is once I start to see that, oh, Netflix, this is killing me, right? Um, I'll, I'll just take that thing and I'll just kind of throw it away. But what happens is, is that I just kind of sit on it. Like, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just toss something away. Tell, I just, I'll just try to push it away from myself, reject it. And then I'll just kind of go on doing life the same way. And after a while, I get a little bored. And I start to kind of move back towards those things that I just rejected. And what Paul's saying is, is that that's actually not how it works. We are, as human beings, we're empty vessels. And, and we cannot just empty ourselves Sorry, we're not empty vessels. We are vessels. And, and, and we fill ourselves up with things that, we're, that our desires um, call us to or the things that we need, that are things that we need. And, and as we empty out things, we're going to try to find something else to put back in. And if we don't find something else, if we don't actually fill our lives up with something, we're going to just go back and put it back in. And so um, this reminds me of a, of a story when, I, when um, my, my grandfather when he was a young man about my age, um, he worked for Coca-Cola and he used to smoke cigarettes. And he used to live down in, in Arizona and he, he wanted to quit, right? I mean, I, I think most people that um, have smoked cigarettes usually know that it's not good for them. Like, it's great there on the box. And so um, I don't think anybody ever, like, wants to, to, ha- to be a smoker. And so he, one day, he's driving along through the Arizona desert and he says, today's the day. And he, he grabs this pack of cigarettes and he throws it out the window. And he keeps driving down the, the road for like about 15 minutes. And he starts to get a little, a little shaky and he starts to realize like, I'm not ready for this. And he's, he's driving through the desert and he knows he's, it's going to be hours before he actually comes up to another gas station or something. So he, in the middle of the desert, he turns around, does a UE, drives back the other way. He's driving a Coca-Cola truck. And he parks on the side of the road and he starts digging around in the bushes. 
and, and he stands up and he realizes, oh my goodness, what is going on with me? <laughs> and he, it, that's when he started to realize that his desires were, were driving him and that when he kind of just tossed those cigarettes out without a plan, um, he, he started to feel really empty and they started to notice there was something missing there and, and he didn't have anything else to fill it up with. Um, most people that uh, quit cigarettes, oftentimes they'll chew gum, they'll drink coffee, they'll, they'll find something else to kind of substitute in to help them sort of wean themselves off that thing because we, we don't do well by just rejecting alone. We actually need to kind of bring something healthier in to give us some, some different uh, some different uh, help or some different fulfillment. And so the process of being renewed, it, it's not, uh, so it's not just to empty out. Uh, so now we know we need to renew, but the part of the process of being renewed, it doesn't mean that we just give ourselves a makeover. And I think this is the other mistake that, that often gets made is that we will willfully try to put on a new self, right? I'm going to reinvent myself as a Christian, I'm going to talk spiritual talk. I'm going to say the right things. I'm going to go to church on Sunday. And, but, but Paul's not saying that either. He's not saying that we need to clothe ourselves in, in spirituality or clothe ourselves in language or clothe ourselves even in good deeds. Um, Paul's saying you actually need to cast off everything that had to do with your old self and there's actually something new that Jesus is going to give you. And, and, and we know this as the Holy Spirit. Uh, we actually need to allow the Holy Spirit to do work in our lives to recreate us into something new in order to live a regenerated life. H- having grown up in the church, um, I- I've heard this many times. If I were to ask someone to say, okay, can you just give me a sum up of the gospel? Like, what is the gospel? Like, how do you explain it to somebody? How, do, how does somebody be saved? Um, uh, oftentimes I've heard people, the, the, the kind of the, the quick spiel, the quick pitch um, that will say is, okay, you need to recognize that you're sinful, um, call on the name of Jesus and you'll be saved. And, and he'll actually, you'll be with him in eternity and you'll live forever. And when I hear that, that sounds so good. And it's so true. It is true. That is the gospel. But when I look at my life and I feel the emptiness and I feel the hurt and I, I look at tomorrow and I know I've got to survive tomorrow, eternity seems really far away. See, forgiveness sounds really good, but I need, I need something to help me get through tomorrow and I need something to help me get through the next day and I need actually something that's going to impact my right now as well as my eternity. And the good news is, is that God has promised us something to actually get us through this life here and now to help us. In Acts 2, uh, 37 to 39, um, Peter's preaching uh, that, that Pentecost sermon. And the, the Gentiles there, or the, the Jews, I should say, there, they, they ask him for what is the, how do I be saved? They ask him that same question. And, and this is Peter's answer. They say, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off and for all whom the Lord our God will call. 
See, the Holy Spirit is our, is our gift and our guide for our present reality and for our present suffering and for our present difficulties and our present sin problem. And what the Bible tells us is that after we reject that old personhood, we actually need to invite Jesus to come into our lives by the Spirit and remember those deceitful desires? He actually says the Spirit's going to give you new desires. Desires that will actually lead you towards holiness and righteousness and goodness. That the Spirit's actually going to create something new in you that's totally different than the old person. Paul lays this out in Galatians. He really does a good job of, of just driving this point home. He says in Galatians 5, 16 to 25, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, fractions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh and his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us now keep in step with the Spirit. So Paul's saying that actually our old self is in complete opposition to the Holy Spirit. This is why we need to reject that old personhood and put on the Spirit, because they are opposites. There's nothing good in you that will actually lead you to eternity. Can I say that? Like, does that offend some of us? Like, I think I would feel hurt sometimes if somebody were to say, you're not good enough. Like, doesn't that hurt? Like, nobody wants to be told that. Nobody wants to be told, um, you know, like we watch our movies and, and things and, and always there's always kind of like the friend that comes in and says, you have it in you. You're a good person. You can do it. And, and in the, the, the vast scheme of eternity, Jesus comes in and says, you can't do it. <laughs> like, it's not in you. You don't have it. But that's okay. I do. <laughs> and I want to give you that. I want to share it with you. And, and, and as the Spirit does work in us, heart surgery, suddenly that's, that's when, that's why the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Those things start to actually come out of us as God creates us and renews us into something else. This is why Jesus uses the vine analogy in John 15 where he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Like nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Can I say an even more audacious statement than just saying that, that you, you don't have good in you or that you need Jesus to bear fruit? Um, I, I just want to say something that just goes a step further, uh, that, that 
you actually, even if you believe in Jesus and you accept the truth about Jesus, you, you actually, the Bible tells us that there's no place for us in heaven unless the Holy Spirit comes in and does something in us. Unless we're actually born into something new, unless we're actually recreated, there's actually no place for us in eternity. John 3, 3 to 8 says this. Um, Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And he's talking to Nicodemus, and Nicodemus says, how can someone be born again when they're old? Uh, Surely they can't enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus says, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of the water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, and we know what flesh does to us. It's not good. (laughs) Spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised in me saying that you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born in the Spirit. So, so now, there, hopefully you're still with me here. We need to reject our old dead selves. We need to ask the Spirit in. But I know sometimes we can get a little stuck on that. Like, how do I put, like, like Paul makes it seem so easy. He says, put off the old self, put on the new self, right? And I think, um, you know, it sounds really good, but how do we do that? Uh, Luke eleven thirteen, 13, um, Jesus has been talking about the, the classic, the, 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 the ask, seek, knock, right? He says, ask and it'll be given to you. Uh, seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And, and a lot of times when we read this passage, we're thinking about like, oh, maybe I can just ask Jesus for specific things in my life uh, to give to me or to help me with this thing. Or, and, and, but but he, he lays that out and he says, okay, my father likes to give good gifts to people. He likes to give good gifts to his children. And at the very end of that, in, in Luke eleven thirteen, he says, if then you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? How much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so I I would just say to you, like, if you're at that point where you're ready to reject your old self or you've already done that, and you're saying, okay, I need to live a new way, um, read your Bible, yes. Go to church, yes. Pray, yes. But ask Jesus to give you his Holy Spirit because that is going to change who you are actually going to give you some new desires. So let's go to our final point here. So we, so we need to reject, we need to renew, and, and then we need to repeat. And, and so to live and to embrace a regenerated life, uh, Jesus calls us to do those things. Um, but, but what I have found uh, is that my heart continues to draw me back. That, that those two things that were opposite that, that Paul was talking about, that sometimes I tend to drift back. And I think the reason for that is that um, we're not static, you know? Like, if I wanted to walk from one side of the stage to the other, uh, you know, and I start in the middle, and, and I want to go over here, um, I can take a couple steps and I can stop. And um, I know that I'm closer to this side of the stage than that side of the stage. And I think sometimes we think that's, that, that's the case with, with Jesus, that, that, that if I just ask Christ in, and he does an amazing work in my life, that I'm just going to kind of, like, I can kind of coast on that, right? I'm going to be a little closer to eternity. But if we stop, it, actually, Paul tells us that, that the, 
the devil wants to kind of draw us back. And, and even if we think we're being passive, the world is influencing us. Because this is, we're called into a spiritual life, and yet we live in a physical world. We live in a world that is actually drawing us away from the things of Christ. And so we start to drift back. And so the process of being a renewed, regenerated person in Christ means repetition. Uh, we just recently got a dog. He's like seven months old now. And I am training my dog. And, and I want him to be a good boy, right? I want him to be a good boy. And in order for him to be a good boy, I actually have to repeatedly, repeatedly train him. I have to constantly tell him, come, sit, stay, good boy. And, and if I don't do that with him daily, he begins to become a bad boy, right? Like he just, he forgets. He needs that repetition. He needs me to remind him. He needs me to give him a treat. He needs me to like encourage him and move him further and further along so that he can be a good boy. And, and I think this is how it is in our spiritual life. Like if we don't continue to lay ourselves down daily and to ask Christ to move us a little step closer to eternity, um, we actually start to kind of slide back. Um, I think many of us, if you're a Christian and you had a radical moment in your life where Christ became real to you, sometimes we can coast on that. Like, I, I used to think that if Christ could just heal some of the things in me, like, I, 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 I was addicted to pornography. And I just used to think, if, if I could just, if Christ could heal that part of my life, if I didn't have those desires anymore, I'd be complete, I'd be happy, I'd be praising Jesus all day long. And, and the reality is, is as I was taking a step out of that, um, and, and away from that, Christ has revealed new things in my heart that I actually have to continue to reject. He's like, okay, good, I'm glad we got that out of the way. Now I want to actually do some more heart surgery on you. And I'm like, I thought we were done! But, but that's not the case. Um, in his book, Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis so beautifully kind of lays out this idea that, that we continue to progress towards the kind of person, the kind of character, the kind of creature we're going to be for the rest of eternity. He says, every time you make a choice, uh, you are turning the central part of you, the part of you that chooses, into something a little different than it was before. And, and, and taking your life as a whole, with all your innumerable choices, all your life long, you are slowly turning this central thing into a heavenly creature or a hellish creature. Uh, either into a creature that is in harmony with God and with others and with itself, or else into one that is in a state of war with God, with its fellow creatures, and with itself. Uh, to be the one kind of creature is heaven— that is joy, peace, knowledge, and power. To be the other means madness, horror, idiocy, rage, impotence, and, and eternal loneliness. Each of us at each moment is progressing into one state or the other. And so as followers of Jesus, I want to encourage you as we move into the new year, um, you need to continue to get rhythms into your life where you are going to continue to lay things down in front of Jesus and say, this needs to die. Can, give me Holy Spirit. <laughs> like, in the word of God, like, Holy Spirit, reveal to me how can I be better? Like, how can I grow? Where can I serve? Who can I love? Where do I need to be generous? And, and if we don't do that daily, our hearts start to harden up again. They start to kind of 
get a little crusty, right? Like, like maybe I'm not as bad as I was when I was, you know, uh, you know, when I was that old guy that, that you know, but, but we kind of get a little crusty, right? And, and Jesus says, no, you need to continue to lay those things down. You need to continue to ask me to renew you daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. And so as we move into this new year, let's, let's really consider Yes, how can you be more healthy? Yes, how can I be more happy? How can I be, uh, you know, a better husband and a better wife? But let's, let's consider what are the places in my life that Jesus wants to show me where I need to remove something or I need to reject something or I need to lay something new down? What are the areas in my life where I need to invite the Holy Spirit into this? Maybe for you, you've invited the Holy Spirit into your ministry but you haven't invited the Holy Spirit into your work. Do, do you need to like lay that down to Jesus too? Um, maybe for some of us, we've invited the Holy Spirit into our parenting, but we haven't invited it into our, into our marriage. What are the areas that you need to lay down? And finally, what are, what are the places, what are the areas where you can work in this rhythm, where you can actually begin to do this as a daily re- repetition? How can we repeat and so as we kind of move into this new year, 2022, uh, as we really um, look forward at what, what's, going, what's happening for us, what, what does Jesus have in store for you? I guarantee you that at the very least, Jesus would like to move you into something new. And so let's pray uh, as the worship team comes up here. Um, and, and I want you to just really take some time to just contemplate what are those things in your life where you can ask Jesus in to help you be a regenerated person in this degenerating world. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for your word, for your spirit, and for your church. Jesus, you have given us uh, the tools to, to really recognize that there's something in us Um, and to be able to ask you for help. And Lord, that's what you want from us. You want us to ask. So Lord, today I just pray that your Holy Spirit would reveal in our hearts the areas that we need to, to give up to you. Lord, I pray that this year we would be a, a people that is just marked by your presence. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your holy name, I pray.